Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows to answer your question, should I watch this? My name is Mitu. And my name is BJ. And this week, we watched the Disney Plus space western, Mandalorian. So stay tuned to find out if Mitu's a bounty hunter. I am not, though I did like that Janet Ivanovich series, One for the Money. Is that about a bounty hunter? Yes. I don't remember the main character's name, but I did read the first 20 books. (laughs) So clearly they've resonated deeply. Hopefully this series also resonates with you and we'll find out. But let's dive right into The Mandalorian. Cool. The Mandalorian begins after the fall of the Empire. A Mandalorian hunter played by Pedro Pascal returns from a job and Grief Karga, his guild leader played by the incomparable Carl Weathers, gives him limited information on his next client who prioritizes privacy. All the Mandalorian knows is the age and the last known location. In this first episode, we see him search for his bounty, connect with Kuil, an Ugnat moisture farmer played by Nick Nolte, and navigate this new world. Fun fact about this show is... John Favreau of Iron Man fame is the creator, head writer, showrunner, and co-executive producer in Tommy Wiseau fashion. And David Filoni, whom you'll know from Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars The Clone Wars, directed. Beach, how did you like this first episode? I thought it was really fun. It has all those Star Wars elements that you expect with the laser beam blasters, the foreign aliens... Lots of desert planets. Yes. And really cool vehicles. And I actually think the Mandalorian was a cool character to follow in that he's always wearing this helmet. So we don't see his face. We can't see him emoting. But I liked the stoic nature to him, actually. It made me focus more on the world that he was in and the locations that he was visiting. And I think a lot of my enjoyment came from diving back into the Star Wars universe. And also Disney, they had a $120 million budget, approximately. What? And you can tell that they put some money into this series. They spent each and every one of those doubloons, for sure. It looked amazing. Like, it was just stunning visually the entire time. What'd you think? <clears throat> How about this? Let's focus on some things you like. For instance, The Mandalorian, played by Pedro Pascal, and the robot droid we see at the end, IG-11, voiced by Taika Watiti. How are their performances? They're two very handsome men. So the only thing I didn't like about their performances is that I couldn't see them be the fine beings that they are. That's it. We got a little hint of Mr. Pascal in the flashbacks, but that's about it. I liked the performances on this show. Like you said, there wasn't a lot of emoting. Even with the alien faces, there's not much you can do. It's difficult for me to feel connected to an alien face and register the emotions on it. So it forced me to to pay close attention to the dialogue. And in the moments where the Mandalorian does speak, you can tell it's more significant because otherwise he's just this silent, stoic character. So his interactions with the moisture farmer, for example, are pretty significant because you can see him start to step outside of himself to connect with him and learn from him. Speaking of the importance of the dialogue, 
How did you feel about the inclusion of alien languages and the need for subtitles? I couldn't figure out how to put subtitles on my Roku, y'all. So if I was looking down when the aliens were speaking, I missed it. I simply missed it. And for some reason, when I would hear it, it sounded like just sounds that would just be on a show like this, like maybe just robots functioning or machinery. And so I didn't think to make sure that I was staring at the screen at all times to translate the alien languages. I still caught the gist of everything and learned very early on the mistake I was making. So this was maybe the first couple minutes that were dicey for me. And for my non-Star Wars people, the first couple minutes don't make the same mistake as me. Put everything down and stare intently at your screen if you watch. There's your warning. It's only a 40-minute show, so just commit a little bit to get those subtitles and catch all of the dialogue. As a fan of Star Wars, how do you feel about this TV adaptation? Because we know it's something that George Lucas has wanted to do for some time, but no studio before has had the budget to recreate the magic of Star Wars for the small screen. So I want to preface that I'm a casual Star Wars fan. I've seen all of the movies. That's rabid. I mean, if we dive into like internet forums and Reddit, you'll find out how intense real fans can be. That's fair. I would say it was fun and I appreciate that they were able to do this. I think one thing that I don't always enjoy about the movies is that you're kind of limited in scope. You're aware that the Star Wars universe is huge. Mm-hmm. But unless you are like some of my friends who dive into a lot of the novels or the animated series, you don't see a lot of the other aspects of the world. So I think it's great that with Disney Plus or just Disney behind the Star Wars brand in general, we can start to explore more of those side stories. And it's not just focused on the Skywalker family and Even in this case, it's not even focused on a Jedi. We're literally focused on a guy with a gun. Just a bounty hunter. Just an everyday bounty hunter catching people and and preserving them in carbonite, you know. That's cool then that you get to explore more of this world because why have this limitless fantasy opportunity if we don't Try weird new angles at this story. Though, I guess that's what the prequels were. I know that people don't like the first three movies as much as they like the latter three. True, but even those are focused on the Star Wars family still. Mm, Okay. Like there are more, not necessarily special people, but just more people of interest in this universe that would be worth learning about their story. I would say for fellow viewers who are new to Star Wars like I am or have only seen the latest movie, I think, This show, (laughs) I don't know which one I saw. This show was fairly easy to follow, but I did need to Google some things. I think you bring up a good point. Unlike His Dark Materials, which we reviewed recently, this show doesn't assume that you know everything about the Star Wars universe. Yes. There are plenty of Easter eggs, especially a really big reveal at the end of the episode that you will only appreciate if you are familiar with the movies and other media in this franchise, but you can still dive into the story and follow along with The Mandalorian without knowing the history or the other stories of the Star Wars universe. Yes, it's not difficult to conceptualize the journey of a bounty hunter. We've all seen 
apocalyptic style shows where there's a whole new world, a lot of desert land, some Mad Max things. So this isn't totally new turf for people who aren't familiar with Star Wars. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about our main character not being a hero, but rather someone who is committing a lot of murder and kidnapping people and getting financial compensation for that. It's a lawless world, as I understand it. If we're in this post-Empire universe where it has fallen, then people are just trying to get theirs. And we see in a little bit of his backstory that he had some traumatic events leading up to his bounty hunting career. So I don't blame him. I don't think he's seeing some range of behavior where he could choose this morally great decision. It looks like everyone he's interacting with is serving themselves because they need to. Do you find that there are any relatable or redeeming qualities that you found about him in this first episode? Or do you just understand his circumstances and you are willing to see more of what he's about? The flashbacks offered great humanity. How he reacts to the twist at the end of the show, which we don't want to spoil, offers great humanity for his character. And also Pedro Pascal is like an incredibly hot person. So that helps as well. Even though you can't see any of him. But you just know. Like you just know, you know? He gives off that vibe of I'm hot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was this show marketed for the whole family? Ooh, I think it is. Because I thought there were some scary and or violent moments that scared me. So I was surprised to see that because I thought that it was supposed to be for everyone. I wouldn't say this is a a show marketed towards children. Got it. But I would say that it is supposed to be for everyone. Just like the Star Wars films are supposed to be for everyone. This might lean a little bit more towards an older audience. But I don't think the violence or the kind of scary, threatening alien beasts that you see in this series are any different than what you'd see in the Star Wars movies. Mm. So if kids are already watching those, I think they'll be fine with this. What's helpful with the violence, too, is that this sounds messed up, but they're not people or they don't look like people. So you see these objects attack these other objects and the alien creatures that get kind of scary, it, they're more of jump scares, like you're not expecting to see them, and not so much the creatures themselves. Exactly. And despite there being so many deaths in this first episode, it's not gory. People just get hit with a laser beam and fall down, which makes it a little, well, actually makes it a lot more tolerable. How did you feel about the world? I will admit in this first episode, it felt kind of small Mm -hmm. and really similar. All of the locations gave off the same deserty vibe. Yes. That's why they need moisture farmers. Correct. There is a (laughs) lack of moisture, (laughs) which I guess also means it was very cohesive with the aesthetics. But like I was saying, the Star Wars universe is so expansive that I would have liked to have seen more variety in this first episode to give me a taste of what this world is like, what's out there, what it can be. But this really felt more like we've got some really cool mountainous desert areas. This is where we're going to focus this adventure. It was exciting. And what works in their favor is I want to see more. I want to see 
what's on the other side of the desert. Do you think that was intentional for viewers like me? Because now that you're saying that, the world felt small. The story also felt so simple. It was just this guy's trying to track this bounty, and that's what we follow. And there's maybe the B plot of him meeting the farmer, but that is wrapped up in that as well. So is that for people like me who are new to Star Wars, giving this show a chance, and we're being handheld through it? Oh, like they realize the audience for Disney Plus is going to be much broader than the Star Wars audience. So they want to make this palatable and approachable for non-Star Wars fans? Yeah, maybe not even palatable, but simply easy to understand. I'm sure Disney, this media giant company, had that in mind. And I'm sure they had some market researchers and lots of test screenings to determine how broad of an audience can they hit with this. Facts. Because at some point, the Lizzie McGuire and Smart Guy and Recess reruns will run out, which is what I have been watching on Disney+. Plus. Well, you still got dozens and dozens and dozens of movies and literally hundreds of Simpsons episodes you can watch. As an aside to our listeners, would strongly recommend Smart Guy. This has nothing to do with The Mandalorian, but I was blown away by the pilot episode. It is much better than I remember. Watch Smart Guy. So a lot of people have described The Mandalorian as a Western, Mm. bringing up those old cowboy shows and the shootouts. Did you get that vibe? Yes, absolutely. Until you prompted me for the intro with Space Western, I didn't have a word for it. But that's exactly what it felt like. There was a scene where The Mandalorian has to go up against a bunch of people on either side of him. And he looks like Clint Eastwood in a classic film, you know, pointing a gun two ways and taking care of attackers on both sides. So it totally felt like that. And the desert setting contributed to that feel as well. Oh, maybe that's why they're staying in the desert setting to evoke the Western vibe. Maybe. Now I can't stop thinking about how Clint Eastwood yelled at that chair at the RNC convention. So where do you see the show going? So for example, you said that you thought the world was really small in this first episode, and I completely agree. Do you see him exploring new planets, new areas of his world? What's next for The Mandalorian? I definitely hope he'll explore some new planets that don't have deserts. (laughs) Give us some nice lush vegetation, at least in one episode. Yes. And I think we'll kind of dive more into his backstory because Bounty of the Week isn't going to sustain a series. True. We need something a little deeper, some more emotional connection and emotional scenes. But what I'm really waiting for, and I'm not sure how they're going to do it, is how this will link into the Star Wars films. Because I feel like there's going to be some connection. Hmm. Has that been said yet? Or that's your gut telling you? That's my gut. So we know that this takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. And this is before the following movies. So I feel like it might even be on the level of Easter eggs, not actually changing any understanding of the movies, Mm -hmm. but just... uh, Give us a better idea of how this fits in with the movie storylines. For the non-Star Wars people, where is that in relation to the one with John Boyega in it? 
So this movie, as I said, is five years after Return of the Jedi, which puts it about 25 years before The Force Awakens. Got it. So we could see Easter eggs in this series that serve as prequels to Force Awakens. So for example, maybe he meets a super young Finn or... Maybe he sees the beginnings of the rebellion start to brew again. Exactly. I think they'll drop some hints like that. Maybe we'll just see like a lightsaber roll across the floor. Mm. Like, oh, there's a Jedi nearby. Like a little tumbleweed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, me too. Are you ready to go into our ratings for The Mandalorian on Disney Plus? Yeah, Beach. What would you give it? I would give it Would Watch Again. Well, I guess casually, you can't binge watch this. You can't? You cannot. They're going to release it on a weekly schedule. Oh, that's awesome. Like real TV. Yeah. That's fun because you'll build the suspense. Because the twist at the end of this episode is big. True. And it gives you more time to savor it. And as our more uh, regular listeners may know, I don't like binge watching shows. So the fact that I don't have like a whole queue of episodes waiting for me is kind of nice and relaxing. True. Sometimes it's stressful when you have a bunch ahead of you. Mm -hmm. A leisure hobby shouldn't be stressful. Exactly. You should not feel pressure or stress when binge watching a show you enjoy. Yes. So I'm going to watch it each week. I believe they're going to release new episodes every Friday. What are you going to be doing? I will probably have to watch it because my partner is a huge Star Wars fan. So he falls in that universe of people who reads the books, checks out the animated series, really consumes all Star Wars content all the time. But if I lived alone, I think I would watch this casually in that the story is interesting. It was easy to follow. But for fellow non-Star Wars people, I'm not clamoring for the next episode. I would probably watch it on a couple weeks delay. That's fair. Okay. Well, if you want to find more of our reviews, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com. You can also subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review to help others discover us. Also, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash thepilotpod for exclusive content. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at thepilotpod. You can like us on Facebook at thepilotpodcast. You can send thoughts, feelings, Star Wars theories. Send them my way. I will need them if I continue watching this show to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.